Hello there and welcome to a brand new podcast, the Sales King podcast with your host, Lawrence King. I cannot tell you how good it feels to be here on our first episode. This podcast will be a no-fluff, high-value information podcast with no time wasted. Guests will be successful individuals in their fields and give you the golden advice you are looking for. Today we have a special guest, Luke Andrews, a successful six-figure dropshipper turned two-time alcohol brand and agency owner who will be sharing his journey today and going over the oh-so-intimidating paid advertising. Hello there and welcome to the first ever episode of the Sales King podcast. I'm lucky enough today to be joined by Luke Anthony from e-commerce juice. Luke, how are you doing? How are you finding the quarantine? Yeah, doing all right, man. Um, it's actually nice here in Scotland for a change outside. I was sitting outside in the back garden, just enjoying the sunshine. I've been locked up indoors, just just hustling. Yeah, quarantine's really given me a chance to, to look at my habits. Um, I'm feeling more productive than ever, but obviously being locked up indoors, you just been getting out, walking the dog. So I haven't really been doing too much exercise other than that, which is the downside. But, you know, what's going great. So you've been using this, uh, this as an opportunity to sort of get ahead. Yeah, I've been. Um, I recently listened to James Clear's book called Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've listened to that one. No, never, never heard that one. Yeah, it's a great book. And it really just breaks down like the science behind habits. Nice. I ordered this habit journal. And I've been just really analyzing, you know, what does my morning routine look like? What are the kind of habits that I have throughout the day that um, lead to my, me being productive? So I've really just taken the time to dial that in whilst I've not been, you know, going outside, meeting friends and doing normal things. <laughs> so, so what sort of changes have you made there to your habits, Luke? So I've just really been focusing on taking my day by chunks at a time. What does my morning look like? And really just concentrating on getting sessions of deep work in. I typically spend like an hour in the morning just, you know, waking up, getting focused, getting clear on what kind of what needs to be done for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have a deep work session for about two to three hours. And then I think about, right, okay, what is the next chunk of my day like? Which typically includes going for a dog walk and um, unwinding a bit, refreshing my mind, and then coming back for another session of, of like deep work. And I've just been focusing on trying to get those two deep work sessions in every day. Um, and that's just, it's really helped my productivity. Yeah, I can imagine. It's, it's, it's crazy how much just timing yourself and just making sure that you get some deep work in really makes a big difference to your productivity levels and, uh, and work rate. Yeah, so just, um, I've just really been looking at, you know, as well as what are the good habits, uh, what are the, the bad habits that take my energy away? Just things like having my phone on my desk is something that sucks sucks my energy away and decreases my concentration, really leads to a lot of unproductivity. So that's the kind of things I've been looking at and just trying to, to, to make the most of quarantine so that I can say, right, after this, I'm going to be more productive than ever. I'm going to have a solid routine dialed in that I can wake up every day and rely on so that, you know, it's, this isn't all just a, a negative thing. Absolutely, yeah. Turning a difficult situation into a positive. They're all for that, Luke, absolutely. So tell us a bit about yourself. You went from working a job to drop shipping to taking on your family's business to six figures and now you're, you're into consulting. Tell me a bit about your old job. Give us a bit of information about that. Yeah, so it was just like a typical standard job with the government. I studied for four years at university and this was like the dream job. Do you know what I mean? This was like, this was it. Uh, I had to pass all these kind of tests to land this job you know wh- when I came into it it was I'm just like is this it is this what my life is going to be like for the next 30 to 40 years just you know get up every morning and come in here and just kind of work away I kind of quickly realized that the corporate desk job wasn't going to be for me and a couple of months within being there really yeah that's kind of where I was at so you'd gone through all that, all that study, all the sort of hard work to get to that point. And then as soon as you'd got to that point, pretty much, you realized it wasn't for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can actually remember, I think there was a very specific point in time when um, it was just one morning, I was doing my, my normal routine. I was on the train at about 6.30 a.m. in the morning uh, on my hour-long train journey. And I was just, I just had this bad feeling in my stomach, man. <laughs> I was like, Shit, I really don't want to go here. Um, <laughs> yeah, the hour-long train journey as well must help you reflect. 
Oh yeah, exactly, man. It was it was pitch black. I felt like it was pitch black when I woke up to go to work. I spend all day in the office, and then um, you know it was dark when I was coming home. At that point in time, I realised that something had to change. Uh, I didn't know what. I can actually remember. I, I keep a journal, and I wrote in my journal something to the effect of, "I need to start a business." <laughs> don't know what it's going to be but this business needs to be started and it needs to be successful soon <laughs> well you you went literally ahead straight after that and did that so you then went into drop shipping you were at this job that you weren't happy with and i've been out of the uk for the past 10 years but for those that have never been leaving your house when it's dark and coming back home when it's dark is one of the toughest things about living in the uk so i can totally understand how you would have felt there and also you've got an hour-long train journey to think about where you're going and what you're doing you then use that as inspiration to get into something else and you found yourself getting into drop shipping. How did that happen and what did you sell? I didn't intend to get into drop shipping. It was just something that kind of, I, f- I feel like I went searching for something and drop shipping was what came to me uh, because I had the intention of, you know, starting a business um, and I went out looking for one. I literally went on YouTube and I just typed into the search bar passive income. And I just wanted something to come up, someone to come and tell me what to do. And you'll never believe who came up. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't it was, me, was uh, it? It wasn't <laughs> you. It was, um, it was Alex Becker. He had this ad for, for dropshipping. And I think it was about 8 p.m. at night when the, the ad came on. And I finished watching it at 11 p.m. I had went through like a two-hour-long funnel into his webinar <laughs> and like just he explained everything he explained them you know where to get products how to set up a Shopify store where to get traffic on Facebook I went through the full like sales pitch and at the end of it he was like okay it's, go- it's going to cost you two grand for this course and I was like um well I've only got like 2,000 like you know this is everything for me maybe I can find another way to do this without this guy's course so there I was uh, 11 p.m. at night with this with this business that been presented to me, I'd went looking for it and it had arrived. I stayed up all night till must have been about 4 a.m. or something like that, making my Shopify store, um, creating a Facebook page, getting all the products on it, and I think I saw I was trying to sell, <laughs> I was trying to sell this little spoon with like a cat's face on it or something like that, right? I set up the store. Yep, yep. Just $10, man. Um, someone out there must want this, is what I was thinking. And uh, I can remember putting the ads on for it. The worst ads that you could imagine, right? For this cat spoon. I put the ads on. And when I was going to sleep, I was like, oh my God, this is it. I am going to be so rich tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, obviously that didn't happen <laughs> the next day. Yeah, that was kind of how everything, everything started. So you, you went from there, so you, you didn't enroll in that course, is that correct? You, you went it alone? I did. I went it alone. I looked for a lot of other, other learning materials on YouTube. I was constantly watching videos, constantly trying to find guidance and content. Reflecting on it now, maybe I should have bought the course because I was just a guy out there with this idea that had no guidance. He didn't know who to listen to or who to learn from. I was taking in a lot of bad advice and wasting a lot of time, you know, just applying the wrong stuff. I don't know what was in Alex Becker's course, but to be honest, I've been through some of his content now and it's pretty good. So maybe that would have saved me a lot of time. But, um, you know, to spending £2,000 at the time was, was a big, big decision for me, man. So I just had to find another way. Also, at the time, you never know, right? You could spend the 2000 and it could be completely terrible and then you don't get a refund. I mean, things like that happening. Not, I'm not sure about uh, Alex Becker's course. Never heard anything you know, bad about them, but there have been sort of things in the past where, where things like that have happened. So obviously, you weren't aware at the time. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. At the time, um, I was still, obviously, it was still new to me. Um, I didn't know much about it or what it was going to take to get success. You know, it's a different mindset now thinking back to what I had at the time. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of people out there that claim to be like experts, knowing what I know now and seeing some people's content. I'm looking at things and I'm sometimes like, this is actually damaging for people, this kind of advice, because it's just, it's wrong. 
and it's sending people way off track. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you need to be careful who you're learning from, man. Having been in this uh, this e-com space for a long time, I cannot agree with you more there. Did you find that obviously you didn't join one course, you were getting information from lots of different places. Did you, did you find that that was sort of harmful to your learning, that you were getting so much information from different places, you know, different YouTube videos and, and, and such? At the beginning, I just, I didn't know who to listen to. And that was just a case of going on YouTube and just typing in like, um, you know, drop shipping, just trying to find who was reliable. And what I found at the beginning was there's a lot of different strategies out there. And I was like, oh man, like this person's saying this and that other person's saying that. So, you know, who, who do I listen to here? And, and what I've now learned is that there's no absolutes in this game. There's no, this is the way to do it, right? There is multiple different ways to achieve what you're trying to achieve. And that's, that's what you'll learn over time is like how to take pieces from one course and pieces from someone else and bring them together. And that's why now I'll spend money on a course and just think, okay, if I can learn one valuable thing from this, this will make me a lot of money. Is the kind of way that I approach things now. And I'll add that into my arsenal of knowledge and try and apply it to, in a creative way to my, to my stores, my ads and my marketing. Absolutely. So just taking information from different parts and just putting it into your business. Exactly. Paying attention to people who are doing well in the space, people that are running successful ads. Like, you know, you should be looking at your competitors and seeing what's going well for them, mm-hmm. as well as looking at people in the marketing space, you know, looking at their ad copy, looking at their ads, and just trying to think of creative ways that you can, you can bring that into, into your strategy. How did you find being a dropshipper, Luke? Is it something that you would do again? 100%. To be honest, dropshipping was hard, man. <laughs> it is a hard thing to do. It's so competitive, man. There are literally like thousands of people out there that are selling the same products. The way I see things is like, if you can be successful in dropshipping, right, you can take that and take it into other industries and you will be ahead of the game, man. I think I launched like 10 stores in drop shipping uh, before I made my first hundred dollars. That process really made me realize what it takes to be successful because it takes, it takes a lot, do you know what I mean? And I think drop shipping is a good way to, to learn about business. There's a lot of different things involved, do you know what I mean? You need to, you need to learn about how to sell things, you need to how, learn how to pre- present a, present your store and deal with customers and suppliers, payment provi- providers as well. There's so many different things that come into dropshipping. Like you will start to realize whilst you're going through this model that you're just learning so much. And at the end of it, that knowledge is going to be more valuable than any kind of product or, or money that you make doing it, man. Um, it's the experience and the knowledge that you learn doing this. That's, that's where the real value is for me. What would you say to people that say dropshipping is dead in 2020? Dropshipping is not dead, right? It's a, dropshipping is a fulfillment method. It's simple as that. The problem with dropshipping is that it's so low barrier to entry that literally anyone can get involved. Anyone can be sent, selling the same products as you. Um, and there's so many people out there that just shouldn't be running businesses man i seen some posts in a facebook group one time man and this is when it really hit home to me it was like some guy had wrote in it a customer has emailed me and asked for the tracking number what should i do or what it was how do i handle this (laughs) and um, someone wrote (laughs) someone wrote in the comments provide the tracking number (laughs) and i was just like man there's some some people in this business model that that really shouldn't be taking money from people because they can't answer a simple question from a customer. Do you know what I mean? And what that does is it leads to a label being put on dropshipping in general, right? As like um, this business model with a really poor customer experience. And a poor customer experience is what's dead because, you know, you've got the Facebook feedback score now, which will go out and ask customers like once they've bought from you how was it how was it dealing with this company 
if you get a bad score, man, your, your business is pretty much done. That's the kind of things that you need to be, to be mindful of if you want to be successful in this game long term. You need to have a good customer experience uh, or else you're, you might have success for like a month or two, um, but you know your, your business will just, will just go down the toilet as soon as something goes wrong, man. So what would you say there, Luke, to anybody who was looking to get into dropshipping? Let's imagine you know, they're on day one, very limited information. What would you say to them? I would say don't go frantically searching for a winning product because some guru tells you that's what you need, okay? I see so many people all the time and they are posting about, man, I haven't found my winning product. I've tested so many products and I still haven't found one. And what they don't understand is that you need a winning solution, not a winning product. You're selling solutions to people's problems and using your product as a way to solve it. So what you want to do, right, is you want to identify problems that people have and present your product as a way of solving it, right? That is why people think that there's winning products because basically what happens is people just have this new solution to a problem, right? It's always a benefit if you've got a new solution that people haven't seen before, right? But um, they've got a new solution to a problem and they just get lucky, man. They think that there's, it's the product, but really there's like this marketing psychology behind it um, because people are looking at these, these products as way to solve the problems. What you want to do, man, is just bear that in mind, okay? Pick a particular type of person that has a problem and find a product that then solves that problem. What I would also say is learn from the right people. If you're just getting started in this game, pick a few people that give out solid advice and just learn from them. So I'll give you a few here. Uh, on YouTube, you can listen to Gabriel St. Germain. He's pretty good. Scotty and Nate at Blue Ocean E-Commerce. They, they give out solid advice as well. And obviously, Ads Alchemist uh, is a, just a wizard for Facebook ads. I've, I'm in his course. I've got Scotty and Nate's course. I'd get Gabriel's course as well. All good. I can vouch for all of them. And if you just listen to what those guys have got to say and take it in, then, you know, you will be on the right track at least. And you just need to put the work in. Model stores that are doing well. Find people that are doing well by going on the news feed, looking at ads which have a lot of shares, a lot of comments and things like that. Go into the, the Facebook ads library and then you can dig a bit deeper into what else this brand are doing and get a real feel for it look at their store and kind of take take lessons from them. If you're a beginner and you're just trying to, to figure everything out based on your imagination and creative abilities, man, it's, it's going to be really hard. So you want to look at people that are successful and apply that. I would, I would uh, in terms of like what you need to learn about marketing, the, the guys at Blue Ocean e-commerce, the, their course is, is, it was a bit of a game changer for me, man. I think that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, totally agree. It's, it's, it's extremely important when you're a beginner to find the right people to learn from. And that's one thing that always makes me laugh when people say things like, oh, you can't, uh, you can't learn from somebody else or courses are a scam or this and that, because it does help if you learn from somebody who's three or four years ahead of you where you want to be. For sure, man. For sure. That's where the value is, is learning from other people's mistakes instead of, instead of trying to make all the mistakes yourself and learn from them. And it's only now that I've, well, not now, but now that I've realized that, I'm constantly thinking, right, who, who is where I want to be? How can, I, how can I get in contact with this person and start just building a relationship with them, ask them questions, provide value to them, and uh, they'll provide value back? That's how this all works. You know, it's just a, a value exchange at the end of the day when you're selling a, a product to someone or interacting with someone. You want to convince your customers that the value they will get from your product is more valuable than the money in their bank and therefore they will feel compelled to give you it. Absolutely, yeah, very good way of looking at it there, Luke. So from there, from dropshipping, you went into something that I'm very fond of, which is building brands. You went on to take on the family's businesses, two different alcohol brands to six figures. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so my dad had been thinking about launching this gin brand and, and launching this vodka brand for a couple of years. And 
probably about six six months before I started getting into to drop shipping. He was like, right, this is this is happening. I'm I'm going to go for this. Got the order in for it all, and that was in the works. Just as everything was kind of ready and arriving in in the UK, it's a it's a French it's a French spirit, so it came from France. Just about that time, I started I started having some success with drop shipping, man. I had started doing like thousand dollars a day. I kind of had some idea of what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? I started to to understand how to sell this stuff and um, how I could, you know, help help the business, which which was awesome, man. At the time, I, I, I still didn't know much, but I knew something. I was like, okay, man, let's get some uh, let's get some creative made. I'll build a Shopify store. Built built the Shopify stores for the brands. Got some creative and started running some ads, man. We started getting some like insane results straight out the gate, man. So the ads were going well, and uh, everyone everyone was loving the products, which was which was pretty awesome, man. Really gave me a lot of satisfaction because you know I was able to put a smile on my parents' face just from like selling these products and making you know use of all these skills that I'd made uh, that I'd built up over time, which was which is so satisfying for me. Over the course from probably like July July to you know the end of last year, I was just getting more switched on, just just learning more about like ad creatives and just understanding the ads manager and um, understanding what it what it took to scale. When uh, when Black Friday rolled around, man, we just we were ready and we had a, a really killer quarter four just just selling the products and took it, you know, took both brands to, to some really good numbers. And then we started getting into into Amazon as well, man. Well, that's a wonderful, heartwarming story there, Luke, uh, with you and your dad. It must be an absolute incredible thing to work with your parents. How was your how was your dad selling before that? Was he just simply selling a brick and mortar style or or was he selling online already before that yeah just just brick and mortar style and we were just kind of starting to get into to the online markets i mean obviously for your parents it must have been a completely new experience selling online it was it was kind of new for me as well it's like that's how we do business now man um with like all the shopify stuff and uh, you know doing doing things on amazon as well Mm -hmm. so now that you've you've got into in you know sort of developing two brands there two alcohol brands and you've been a successful dropshipper, what would you say the biggest differences are between owning a brand and dropshipping? One of the things is now we have got like these events lined up where we're going to take the the products to. Um, the products were at a gen show last year, and uh, people loved it. Actually, the, the products sold more than any other gen there. So. You know, it wasn't just my marketing kind of tactics behind it all that was selling it because, you know, we took it to a live event and everyone was just loving it. Good to just meet people who are talking about the brands, you know, getting all the, the great customer feedback that comes and it's like unique to you. You have, you've created this brand and it's, it's yours. There's no one else out there selling anything, anything like it. So, you know, when someone tells you it's great and, and they like it, then you know you just get even more satisfaction from it. We are getting repeat customers, which which is great. Do you know what I mean? On the back end, we've got all the all the Clavio flows set up, and people are coming back and buying time and time again, which is a bit harder to do on on drop shipping. It's 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 not impossible to do in drop shipping, but it's harder just because of the long shipping times and things like that. Which is why if you are drop shipping. You need to build a brand as well, right? You need to build relationships with your customers and do things that are different. You need to be sending emails to your customers and engaging with them and making sure all along the way that they're having a great experience so that you can sell them things later down the line. Because the bottom line is if people didn't like the experience they had buying with you, they're not going to buy from you again. And what that means is that you don't have any lifetime value, okay? And this is this is something you're going to really understand the importance of the more you get into marketing is you need to have lifetime value on your products, right? Some of you may have listened to some marketing materials from Russell Brunson. 
he says things like, whoever can spend the most on a customer wins. Basically, what he means is, whoever has got the best combination of lifetime value, average order value, you know, all these things so that you can get the most out of, your, out of a customer, that is who's going to win in advertising because Facebook marketing and other kinds of marketing are just going to get more and more expensive, right? And if you're selling a product for $50, right, and someone buys it and that's it, gone, then you need to be able to hit like a $20 CPA to like be profitable, uh, about that kind of figure. Whereas if you have a product and you've got a lifetime value of $200, right, then you can spend $100 to get a customer. One of my clients I'm working with right now, his average order value is $1,000. The lifetime value is another, I think it's another like $1,000 on top of that. So we can spend, you know, big money to get customers. We can spend like six or $800 and get a, get a customer and still be like, okay, we've not made a profit now, but they're going to come back and they're going to buy and we, we will make our money then. So, you know, we can just go out on Facebook and be like, listen, let's just, let's just spend money um, and let's just acquire customers, man, because the more customers that we can get, the more the brand's going to grow because it's like a multiplying effect each month. If you get more and more customers spending $1,000 each month, it's, it's just exponential growth. So we're kind of at a point where we're just trying to pump money into marketing uh, because we've got the lifetime value behind us. That is probably the biggest thing about marketing for a brand versus like your, your average kind of drop shipping stuff is, um, you know, we've, we've got the, the trust, the good customer experience so that we can continue to sell to those people. Absolutely. And by building for the future, you're sort of referring to like email lists, building a loyal customer base that comes back and back with a brand, which is something that, you know, can happen with drop shipping, but it's less likely. Exactly. It, um, it can happen with drop shipping. Uh, it's just obviously a bit less likely when, you know, your customers have to wait two and three weeks for, for your product to arrive. So that's, that's kind of the difference from the, like the average drop shipping model, but there's loads of ways that you can get that shipping time down. If you find the right suppliers, there's lots of ways to drop ship from the US and the UK now as well. It's just that little bit of extra work that like 90% of dropshippers aren't doing to, to deliver a good customer experience. And that's why people say dropshipping's dead because like the average dropshipper doesn't understand the importance of having a good customer experience so that they can get the benefits of lifetime value and all the good things that go with that. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people just get into things for sort of short-term gain. They don't think about the future, which is something I love about brands because people who are building brands, you know, they're thinking three, four, five years down the line, next year, next six months, rather than just making money today and, you know, worrying about the future later. So you touched on something there, Luke, which, was, uh, which is something that people find very intimidating, which is paid advertising by means of Facebook. You know, it could be Instagram shout-outs, Google ads and other methods. What sort of tips would you give to somebody who's new to brand building, drop shipping, and they're looking to get into paid advertising? The single most important thing that you need to be doing is market research. This is the part that everyone skips, which is hilarious. And it, it makes your life so much more easier if you just do market research. Because just let me give you an example, right? Say you're selling a product that solves back pain. There's a lot of people out there with back pain. Um, and if they don't feel like an ad on the newsfeed is made for them, for their specific type of back pain, then they're not going to be, they're just not going to come and buy into it. Whereas if you have a, a truck driver who drives across America um, for a living and he's got a sore back because he's been sitting down all day, and you market your product as a back pain solver for people who spend long periods of time sitting down, then he's going to look at that because it's more specific. And what you do is you make your brand have, like, you use words that this person would use. You, you make your creative seem like it was made for them. And this is what gives you the edge, do you know what I mean? You need to understand 
your customer before you go and start solving a problem? How can you, how can you solve a, a problem for someone if you don't even know who that person is? Make sure you're doing your market research, right? If you're, if you're going to start getting into paid ads and get clear on what kind of problem you're trying to solve. Now that you've got a person in mind that you're trying to help, you should be looking for competitors in that particular niche, looking at their ads and trying to understand what's working. Try to look at their, their ad copy, try and dig a little dip, bit deeper into what are the things that they are doing that are giving them success. How can you draw upon that and create your own unique selling point to start marketing to people? This is what is going to give you success, right? If you just go out there and try and sell this back pain solver to anyone, what's happened, going to happen is people are just going to feel like it wasn't made for them and it's not going to work because, you know, they've been lied to before uh, and why should they trust you, right? People, people, trust, people trust brands because they feel like they can relate to that brand. Uh, as, as one of the reasons. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but primarily people want to feel like they can relate to that brand so and they can trust them, right? They want to know that the brand understands them and it understands the problem. I just want you to imagine that you are going to the doctors with a sore back, right? And there's two doctors there and one of them says, right, okay, I've dealt with sore backs before and I'm pretty pretty sure that I understand a lot of different problems of backs and could, I've got a solution that, that might work for your particular problem, right? And then there's another doctor that says, oh, I understand your particular problem. I have been through this loads of times. I understand that very specific issue and I know the very specific solution to solving that. You could go with the other guy uh, and he might help you, but I can help you. It's just going to cost you $50 more. Who are you going to go with? A very good analogy, absolutely. I mean, you want you know what's best to solve your problem, and that, that also gives you a lot of social proof. So your advice to paid traffic is to make sure that you come from a, a point of sort of, you know, as a specialist uh, with social proof, you know, to look more sort of like the expert in that field, rather than, say, somebody who has a bit of everything in their, in their store or everything in their ad. You're just focusing on solving one problem and making sure that they know that they're going to get their problem solved. Exactly. That that is that is it exactly. You want to just give someone total assurance that they are in the right place for their particular problem and that they're going to get the help they need. Your marketing needs to make sense. You see all these people trying to run these general stores, man, and they've got some like health-related product just thrown up there with all these like pet products, man. And um you know, if someone comes on there, right, and they're in pain and they want that solved, then, you know, they don't think that these people that are just selling everything and um, everything and anything are going to be able to help them, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, if you, especially for something like back pain. You know, if you go to a back pain website and there's dog products there as well, it'd be very strange. I'm sure that would have gotten, <laughs> could, have, could have gotten away with that in 2016 drop shipping, but 2020, it's probably a bit different. So what's the most yeah. you've ever spent on either your dropshipping store or your brands in paid traffic in a day? Black Friday last year was, was just insane. We spent 5K and we generated just short of 15K off the back of that. Is that 5K was, pounds or dollars? 5,000 pounds. 5,000 pounds. So that's about 6,500 pounds, uh, dollars? Yep, about that, about that kind of mark, man. In a day. Yeah, just on Black Friday. We d- we done that on Cyber Monday as well. Was that scary? How did you find that? Was, you know, that must have been a... I mean, putting that in beforehand, was that on Facebook? Yeah, that, that was on Facebook, man. That's what I, what I know, so... Was that scary for you? I mean, was that... Obviously, didn't start with numbers like that. So how did that feel, you know, putting that sort of number into the ad for the day? It was pretty crazy, to be honest, like... I was listening to a lot of different content and um, actually at the time I was, I just reached out to, I think it was Scotty, man. I was like, hey man, it's my, my first Black Black Friday here. Um, all my ads are going pretty well. Like, should I, how much should I be putting my budget up, man? 
he was like, well, you should probably be like tripling it uh, at least. I was like, wow, man. Um, okay, let's, let's do it, man. This guy knows what he's talking about and he's done this before. I don't want to miss out. I want to get the most out of my brand right now because this is a golden opportunity for me. I've worked hard for a long time. I've, I've done the testing on my creatives. I know which audiences work. So I just need to, yeah, man, just ramp up my budgets a bit and just, um, and just take this for what it is. Well, fortunately, it worked out for you there. Tell, tell us a bit about the day you knew you made it. For me, it was when I made $200 on Amazon in a day, and I knew if I could do $200, I could do $2,000 if I just 10x'd what I'd done to get to that $200. What was the day where you sort of thought, this is it now? I'm not doing this job anymore. I'm not going to work anymore. This is it for me. Yeah, that, that is so funny that you say that because that is exactly what I was thinking for so long. I was just thinking, right, if I can sell one of these products, right, one of these products, I can sell 100 of them. I was running influencer posts on Shopify and spitballing them and sometimes it would work. And like when I say sometimes it works, sometimes like I would get a sale, but I would still lose money. I was picking up like a couple of sales here and there doing that, like this influencer method because loads of people say, oh, go on and go and use influencer marketing and get, get some data and test before you go into Facebook. And I, I honestly, I think that's terrible advice, man. It's because it's not backed by data, but um, I'm digressing a bit. And yeah, I was thinking the, the same way as you. The first time that I knew I had made it, right, is I was selling this little, like a pet brush. Did you ever see the pet brush? <laughs> I, did, I didn't know. And for those that don't know, give, tell us a little bit about that, what that was. So it was like a, like a little blue stick that had like this lint on it. So if you swiped it over, <laughs> if you swiped it over a surface, then it would collect the hair from your, your dog. It was basically a fancy lint roller that I had marketed towards pet owners, right? So a luxury pet and, item for grooming. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily for grooming. It was for like, for like, um, like your sofa if you have hair on it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Then you could just like swipe the pet brush on it, put it into this like plastic container, and the container would collect the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, <laughs> like some of the copy, some of the copy I was using was like uh, make pet hair and stress vanish with a single swipe. <laughs> So was that one of your first stores? This was, I think this was like my ninth store. <laughs> wow. Okay. See all the work yeah, that goes this was. This is where I was at with my ninth store, right? <laughs> yeah, I was, I had this pet brush and it was actually the first product I took on Facebook, right? This was the first time I went on Facebook. 10 ad sets on $5 a day using that kind of, you know, beginner strategy, which I'm not endorsing by the way, but this is this, the particular strategy I had I'd chosen to, to follow based on someone's advice. The ads were running all day and I'll never forget, like I was just getting ready to go to sleep. I'd completely forgot the ads were on, right? But I'll never forget that I just heard this noise on my phone. You know the Shopify one? <laughs> the ka-ching. The, the ka-ching, that's exactly the noise, man. I've never been so excited, man. I was just like jumping around. I was like, oh my God. And this was different from the influencer stuff because this was on automation. These ads were running. This was systematic. It was backed by data and I could analyze it. And what happened, I didn't even know this would happen, right? But the ads optimized over time, obviously. And the next day, the pet brushes were just popping off, man, (laughs) with these like $5 ad sets. And um, I think I I was in work. I was actually in work and like, uh, in a meeting and like my phone was just vibrating in my pocket. I think it vibrated like three or four times and I knew what it was. I was like, that's the, the brushes are, they are selling, man. <laughs> I think I made like $150 that day or something like that. And like, I'd never felt so good because it was just so much work to even reach that point. Putting all this work in and creating these ads and now I was just going about my day and like people were putting money into my bank account and, uh, and just buying a product. And uh, I, can, I can remember that day, I was like, 
I have made it. I am. This is me. I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> I thought I was going to make millions from selling this brush, and uh, I was ready to quit my job. And um, fortunately, I didn't at that point in time because I still had a little bit of work to do. But I knew, I knew, I had found a way at that point in time. I knew I would make this work because I was never going to stop. Yeah, that's when the the kind of hard work. That's when a different kind of work started, really. And how long did it take you to get to that stage there? Your your phone was going off at work and, and you sort of felt like you'd made it. So I would say from, so I've seen Alex Becker's ad probably around maybe six months before that or something like that. Six months. Because <laughs> that's one thing that people don't see enough of, isn't it? They sort of think of drop shipping and they see these, you know, they see the screenshots and everything else and they think that it's just going to be a case of throwing together a store, putting out some ads and then, you know, before you know it, you're taking pictures in front of your Lambo, in front of your house, when really there's loads of trial and error that goes into every business. Yeah, exactly. That's the fight that people people don't see. And that's, you know, that kind of hard work, it really toughens you up over time. Do you know what I mean? It teaches you, like, you need to make sacrifices. Um, you need to put a lot of time into this stuff to be successful. Even at that point then, there was still, like, so much work to do, like, I was making like $100 a day selling that, that product, but it was super inconsistent, right? I actually sold the product for like like a week without actually understanding that I wasn't making any money, man. Like uh, <laughs> I was just like breaking even. I didn't understand that um, what like your return on ad spend was. I was like, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were still learning there. And obviously we've, we've discussed a bit here, paid ads. What would you do now that you're experienced, you've got your brands going, what do you do? Let's say you're, you're doing advertising for your, for your alcohol brand and you're down on ad spend. What, what would be the first thing that you would look at if ads stopped performing? Let's say they had been performing and they stopped performing. What would you look at? The first thing is probably your creative. 90% of problems on Facebook marketing can be overcome by fixing your creative. Really, that is, this is the big piece of advice that you need to understand. So much of your problem can be fixed by creating better ads. And no one told me this for a long, long time. I was just testing, like I had one creative, right? And I would just test so much different audiences, just test loads of different pieces of, of copy and stuff like that. But what I needed to do was to to revisit my like my video in case it was getting fatigued or in case it just wasn't competitive enough to sustain consistent results, right? So if your ad performance is down or it's not working, then look at your creative. Um, and this is assuming that your store is kind of okay and it's looking professional and it communicates your message on the landing page. All these things need to be in sync your store needs to communicate that you can solve the customer's problem, as we've discussed. Um, and that also needs to be congruent with your messaging and your ads, right? If you really think about it, then the ads will give you the edge, right? This is where the real marketing comes into play. You need to create ads that stop people in the middle of their day when they're on Facebook trying to communicate with their friends and like pictures of cats and dogs. You're just like, hey man, I've got this product and... Uh, you should come and buy it. This is where you need to have finesse to win in the ad auction, right? You're in a competitive environment. So just because your ad's performing well today doesn't mean it's going to perform well tomorrow. Now, if your ad's performing really well today, then there's a good chance it'll perform to well tomorrow. But you need to be aware that you're in an auction with other advertisers who are constantly creating new ads, coming up with new marketing angles, and that can all affect your ad's performance. So you need to be a step ahead of the game, creating new ads so that you don't hit the point where you're like, oh shit, it's broke, which has happened to me before. Do you know what I mean? Like, so this is something I learned from the first time I had a, a quote-unquote winning product, right? I launched my ads, and the second day of running the ads, I made £1,500 in revenue, and about £550 profit day two, right, of running the ads. This is when I was still at my job with the government. This was all done. And like the time between waking up and going to work, uh, building a store, and it had made this money 
uh, on its second day and it ran for that like that for like a week right so from tuesday to friday i'd made more money just from this automated ad in the background um, and just fulfilling products than i had made it work uh, for a full month okay and i handed my notice in on friday to work i actually called up my boss and said um hey um i just calling to let you know that i'm going to be leaving um i've been working on this online business for a long time and it's finally starting to have some success that must have been so, an amazing feeling it, it was man like it was a little bit scary but it was it was amazing i was like this is exactly why i've been working so hard for so long this is actually real like once you start getting that that success you're like well, this is uh, this is a great feeling, and you're you know you're really high on life, and you're ready to move into a new phase. After like a week, after that, the ads started slowing down. Right, I went from making like, you know, I was scaling up, and then I started just my cost started going up, and I couldn't. I was like, oh my god, this is a nightmare. What is what is wrong? <laughs> what what is wrong with Facebook? Facebook's broke <laughs> because I didn't <laughs> I didn't understand that uh, you know you had to keep making new ads, you had to keep bringing new content to the platform and delivering value to the user, right? If everyone's seen the same ads all the time, imagine everyone goes onto Facebook and um, an advertiser puts an ad up, and for the full year they make money from it. If everyone does that, they're not going to make any new ads, right? Uh, so it's going to be a very boring place to be. And the users aren't going to go on to Facebook because they're going to be bored with all the ads. Um, and then there's going to be no one to advertise to, right? So the ad auction rewards you for creating new and exciting content that solves people's problems in new ways. So that is what you need to be able to do, right? Is understanding all these different problems and creating ads that solve them. That is how you fix your account when things aren't working, test new messaging, and create new ways of engaging people and selling products. That's some brilliant advice there. Thanks very much for that, Luke. What's the most you've earned in a day, either with your brand or dropshipping, your biggest day? I think it was actually the I think it was the day after Black Friday. We actually scaled down our ads because we expected less sales to come in. So I think we pulled the ad spend back down. And what had actually happened is the ads actually optimized so much from all the sales on Black Friday. So the next day, all the ads had optimized. I'd turned off the ads which weren't working and thought, ah, oh, well, we'll just uh, we'll see how this goes. And we just done, we'd done even more. We'd, we'd made even more revenue and even more money on the second day uh, without even meaning it. Uh, I think we'd done like, must have been like 20K across across the brands, which was just insane. Beautiful. That's a year's salary for some. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty crazy feeling, man. Like, And at that point in time, that's when I kind of thought, right, I've had, this has been since July or something like that. I've been doing these products um, and we're now in November and like we're still having success. Like we're still, we are still winning. So I must be doing something right which was a, a great feeling. For sure, absolutely. We've been getting a lot right, Luke. I can definitely vouch for that. So let's say you woke up tomorrow and everything was gone. You know, all the brands you've done, all the dropshipping you've done, your ad accounts are all gone. What would you do if you had to start from zero tomorrow? Yeah, this is a, this is a question I, I quite like because it really comes down to your skills. Your skills are what is valuable. So you need to start learning high value skills because that is what's going to make make you money right you need to be someone who can solve problems that other people can't solve which is what all this marketing stuff is about right this is how you make a lot of money in marketing having that knowledge on how to run you know successful facebook campaigns or write compelling copy or how to take products to amazon and have success on there so if i had nothing I would probably get into something where I could create a service. I could create a service so that I didn't need to spend a lot of money on ads and I could just sell my time 
at a higher rate than what I'm selling at right now. So if I were to go back now, I would probably get into something like copywriting because it's literally just a skill that you can cultivate for next next to no cost. You can set up uh, emails and you can write emails to people and it's not going to cost you much at all. You can just learn on the internet, find find people who can who can teach you um, about copywriting and start email, emailing people and trying to get clients, right? Start, try and get a client that can pay you $1,000 a month to write sales emails. The beauty of this is, you know, all you're doing is like cultivating a skill so that over time you become more and more valuable um, and that's going to build up your wealth and give you some money that you can use for, you know, getting into drop shipping and ads and it's going to give you that skill set like I'm now in a position where I've, I've concentrated on a lot of other kind of skills, concentrated on Facebook ads and, and marketing and, you know, building stores and all branding and all the kind of those kind of things. But being a really good copywriter, like a really good one is a completely different skill set. Like I would say I'm a better copywriter than the, than, than most people. Okay. But there's people out there that are just on a next level. Like, I feel like I'm on a good level with Facebook ads, but I understand that the time I've put into Facebook, other people have put it into copywriting. And it's something that you can get good at without needing to invest loads of money into ads. So if you're flat broke, then that's a good place to start. Absolutely. So your, your main focus then would be to build skills and service those skills out. So copywriting and, and things like that. Adverti- adverts, doing paid ads for other people. Yeah, exactly, man. On Amazon, I've sold you know th- thousands of customers, and I've had plenty of interesting exchanges with plenty of interesting customers. So I'm sure you have as well, Luke. What's the sort of weirdest customer exchange you've ever had? So, um, so what happened was I started selling this product, and it was called it was the big bed. You know the big pet bed. You must have seen that the heavenly yeah. pet bed. Yeah, I remember right. that one. So that was the bed. That was a product I started selling after the brush. Right, started selling that. Was doing some good numbers. But again, just at that inconsistency, right? That was the, the problem there. I was doing like a thousand pounds a day, uh, which was good, but it was very inconsistent and I, I wasn't quite a success yet, right? So I had sold, throughout the course of that month, I think I'd sold like 15,000 pounds worth of these beds or something like that, right? I'd sold them out to all these, and um, they had been sent out and uh, I hadn't made any money. And then I was in work. I was still trying to make all this work, right? I was still running ads and doing all, all these different things. Um, I was in work and I started getting all these emails from all, <laughs> from all these customers, right? I was like, what's going on, man? And it was all these like angry, middle-aged women emailing me about these beds, man. <laughs> and basically what had happened was like the supplier had sent out like tiny little beds. Like they were supposed to be big enough for like a great den to sit on right? And uh, the supplier had spent out these tiny, tiny, tiny little beds. I was getting all these chargebacks and things like that, but I started getting all these emails from these women, right? And they were sending me pictures of their dogs, (laughs) like using the beds as pillows. (laughs) Like they were lying with their head on the pillow of the, the, (laughs) sorry, on the bed. They were lying with their head on the bed. And I was like, oh my God. This is a total nightmare. Looking back on it now, it's like pretty funny. But uh, at the time, I was getting like five, ten emails a day uh, for all these people that wanted their money back, man. And I had to to just refund them all. And uh, it was a very, uh, yeah, it was a it was a funny experience now. But at the time, you know, bit of a nightmare. Were you using PayPal or Stripe at the time? I was using PayPal mostly. And uh, about Shopify. Did that, did that get you closed it, down or anything? Yeah, it did. But that, listen to this. This is this is the worst part about how that happened, um, because just around that time when that when it happened, right, I had launched my new product, and this was the one that started making my money. So I was getting like, uh, you know, I was making like a couple thousand a day was coming into my bank account and my PayPal and things like that, and it, PayPal put my money on hold once that started happening like that's the worst that is the worst for those that don't know paypal sometimes can hold your money for six months and 
you know, then give it back to you after the six months. But you've got to sort of send in forms, ask for it, email them. It's, it, uh, I mean, just holding people's money for six months in general. If you did that in, in a normal business practice, you, you could go to prison, but PayPal somehow gets away with it somehow. But <laughs> sorry, yeah. carry on. No, yeah, exactly. It's a, as you said, it's a, I don't know how it's legal, but yeah, they can, they can just, uh, just keep your money. And then um, that's what happened. <laughs> they held on to close to 5,000 or something like that. And I didn't have, I didn't have the spare money at the time. All my money was were going into ads. Uh, and my cash flow was like destroyed like the first week. Uh, I can actually remember because I thought they were going to like take the freeze off my account. Uh, they'd be like, here, we've checked your documents that we sent. I sent them over all these documents and tracking numbers to say, listen, all these products are going out to these customers. It's all good because they were worried I was just going to scam people um, and rip them off. Yeah, they just said, we are going to be freezing your account for six months uh, and we're keeping your money as insurance for that. Um, and I was actually at a jiu-jitsu competition that day and I, got the, I read the email right before the competition started. And I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is going to break me, man. I can't afford to be, I don't have the extra money for us. I don't have money for products to fulfill. What am I going to do, man? This was just, yeah, I was in a bad place for like, for like a day, man. <laughs> and it really messed my mind up at the comp- competition, unfortunately. The next day I was like, you know what? I've, uh, I've had did my notice in at my job. I have got a way to make some success happen here. And they might have all my money right now, but I'm going to find a way <laughs> to make this happen. So just got some credit cards, just borrowed some money from, from some family members. And yeah, just, just went back at it, man. It was just like, I, I'm going to make this work. Do you know what I mean? I just was like, just, I can't stop just because this business have decided to, to keep my money. You know, I had to make some changes to things. Got the ads back, back on again. I think I was in about 11,000 worth of debt. Uh, PayPal had 5K, but yeah, I owed about six grand or something like that um, between fulfilling products and the money PayPal were, were holding. So yeah, it was just a, a lot of debt and determined to make it happen. Well, it's a good thing you you sort of pushed through it. I mean, this is this is the point where most people would give up, and uh, obviously you've reaped the rewards from that. So, Luke, where do you see your your businesses going? You know, the two alcohol businesses that you're you're helping run at the moment. Uh, where do you, and also for your agency as well, where do you see you know yourself going in the future? So, obviously, we've been been working with yourself on the on the alcohol stuff, and been doing a bit of optimization on Amazon. Um, and that market's really kind of opened up for us, especially with everything that's happening right now, to, I think, as well. Uh, I think people are just spending more time on Amazon and, you know, Amazon are just growing. So we are on there and the brands have quadrupled, quadrupled their sales this month from last month. We've achieved four times more sales this month than last month. And we are going to be concentrating on that. We are only selling in the UK right now. And we are looking, well, we're going to be going into the European markets as well. Amazon will get you access to France, Germany, Italy, all these different channels, which is just more growth, more scale. Um, Amazon are great. They handle all the fulfillment. They deal with all the customer support. Uh, it's taken a while for us to actually get all that stuff figured out because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, legalities and such with alcohol, which make it a bit more of a challenging market. But um, we're really looking to to branch out into that and, and grow online using them as a platform, looking to introduce some new products as well uh, that are going to really increase our lifetime value, push up the average order value and allow us to just build this community of people who love these unique products that we have. Um, and we can continue to grow that community and keep selling to these people over time and just keep growing the brands out. So that's where we're heading with the the gin and the vodka brands. I'm doing my consultant as well because, you know, I understand the importance of, of learning about marketing um, and networking. And to be honest, I just love this stuff. Like nothing excites me more than just like really successful marketing campaigns. So I want to keep getting better at that, networking with the right people, getting my hands into different ad accounts and 
helping as many different people with their businesses as possible so that I can keep learning. Well, Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. You've given great value here today for our guests, covering things like paid advertising, building dropshipping stores, building brands. I really appreciate you taking the time today for joining us. All the best with your with your two alcohol brands and agency. Honestly, Lawrence, it was an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, mate. Thanks for having me here on the show. Really good to be here for the first episode. I hope everyone listening has had a good time as well and gotten some value out of this. You can always connect with me if you want on Twitter. Wishing you all the best with the podcast, mate. Expect nothing but great things. Cheers. Thank you very much, Luke, and we hope to see you back here very soon.